0: hi i 'm jeremy nicholas you 're listening to Moving Voices, the official p s a podcast, and my guest today is a uh, world expert on lateral thinking Paul Sloan. Hi, Paul.
1: Hi, Jeremy. How
0: did you get into lateral thinking?
1: Well, I was always interested in the puzzles and um, I collected them and played with them and uh, had fun with them and I wrote a book of them, which became a bestseller in one thousand nine hundred and ninety um, and Then I got interested in how you could use those same principles in business, the mm. principles that you use in solving lateral thinking puzzles, uh, could you then apply that to business problems? And that's really my niche, lateral thinking in business.
0: Yeah, how can you apply lateral thinking
1: then to business? How can you apply lateral thinking? Well, what is lateral thinking? Lateral thinking is approaching problems from a different direction. Mm. Typically, we come at the problem in the way we've always done it, in a a fashion which would be called linear thinking or vertical thinking. And Edward de Bono coined the phrase lateral thinking to mean coming at the problem from a different direction. Lateral means from the side. That's all it is. And in business, lateral thinking is finding a different way to do things. Mm. So until the 1920s, all shops were like Victorian shops. You'd go in and you'd ask the assistant for some bread or some lard or some sugar and the assistant would serve you. And a man called Michael Cullen said, uh, what would happen if we turned the shop around and we let customers serve themselves? Uh, and help themselves to all the goods, and then and pay at the end. And I bet the experts of the day said that's a really stupid idea. People want service; mm. they'll get the, the people will be wandering around the back of the store. You have to put price and everything. It's not going to work. He said, "I'm going to try it anyway." He created the world's first supermarket, the King Cullen store in New Jersey. And it's a tiny little piece of lateral thinking, isn't it? Instead of the assistant serving the customer, the customer serves themselves. The impact it has been enormous. Changed not just the way we shop, but the whole layout of shopping malls and everything else so um, and that's an example of lateral thinking in business coming at the problem from a different direction okay so but your
0: things, and we've got your book here hall of fame lateral thinking puzzles albatross soup and dozens of other classics by paul sloan and des mchale um th- that's that's more
1: the sort of game show end of it though isn't exactly it? right yeah. um and, and i try to connect the two right. because i think the puzzles which are strictly for fun really and they're great with kids and and after dinner They work as a game where one person knows the answer and other people ask questions and get yes, no answers. Although it is strictly for fun and a game, it does serve a training purpose because it teaches people to ask questions and to approach problems from new directions, which is where the lateral thinking element comes in.
0: So is that when you do speaking then, do you you go into firms and do you you sit round and do these puzzles? On a one-day
1: workshop, I might spend half an hour doing the puzzles.
0: Oh, only half an hour? Yes,
1: just to warm people up and the rest of the time would be on more serious uh, advanced brainstorming, problem analysis type uh, methods. I use those on my corporate uh, innovation training workshops. Uh, but I do use them, um, and they do serve a purpose in terms of getting people thinking differently.
0: Can you give us an example then, so that we can... Well,
1: think. I'll give you one, Jeremy, yeah, if you me want. Yeah, give one, yeah, seeing as there's nobody else here. A man was driving down a road. Yeah. He passed a sign that said, speed limit 40. Right. He drove a little further, he passed a sign that said, speed limit 30. Yeah. he drove on he passed the sign and said speed limit 20 okay. he drove on and he came to a sign and said speed limit 10 okay. what did the next sign that he came to say?
0: Uh, 40, 30, 20, 10 well so obviously the I'm being steered towards saying stop
1: that was not what it said no
0: uh, I don't think we've any way of knowing what the next sign well
1: says. That's, you've got to ask some questions
0: oh right okay yeah See, I think where I've gone wrong with lateral thinking puzzles in the past is I've just had the book and I've just sat there doing it in my head, but you're actually meant to do it with other people.
1: Absolutely. It's not okay. a book to read. It's a book to play as a game. Right. Okay. So the puzzles only work as a game where one person knows the answer. There is insufficient information typically in the puzzle to solve it. Sometimes you can go straight to the answer, okay. but that's not the purpose. The purpose is to uncover more information and therefore solve it.
0: Right, okay, so I'm lucky because I've got Paul Sloan from Paul Sloan and Desmond Hale with me. You have. But if someone buys that book, how do they how do they cope then?
1: Well, they do it with a friend and the family, oh, right. and one person reads the answer, oh. and then they pose the puzzle, oh, see, and that, other that, people, that, people that. ask the question. Yep. So the, the, the answers are all in the book, uh, despite our uh, efforts to get the publisher to uh, sell, no sell the answers separately at a much higher price, but uh, yeah, the answers good.
0: are all in there. Okay, so it's, so he starts at 40, then it says 30, 20, 10, so uh, whoever's putting the signs up is trying to get him to slow down but I don't think that we necessarily know it's like flipping a coin where you keep getting heads you don't know that the next one's going to be a tail it's exact you know it's that sort of thing isn't it no it's not that sort of thing right okay um, ask me a question is he being slowed down because of some approaching danger no Is uh, do the signs definitely mean miles per hour or could it be distance from somewhere good question could be the latter oh so, so, what does the sign say? You have reached your destination.
1: Yeah, it says, welcome to speed limit.
0: <laughs> oh, right. Because speed limit is the name of the place.
1: Correct. Speed if you saw Birmingham 40, Birmingham 30, Birmingham 20, Birmingham 10, right. you know. <coughs> the, the point of the, that puzzle is that most people assume, we assume yeah. a speed limit is what we've always thought a speed limit to be. Okay. And once you're thinking in terms of speeds, and why should you slow down, mm. and what's the danger, and what's around the corner, you're in trouble. You've got to think entirely differently. And oh, it, it's it, good. It, I like that one. Yes, it's a good one.
0: But I like it because I got
1: it. Yes, very good. Not uh, many people do, so well done.
0: Well, yeah. I think it's because Speed Limit doesn't sound like the name of a <laughs> <It> place. It does <laughs> no. I hope. I
1: wish, to, I, I wish there were a place called Speed Limit, but I can't find one. No, it. No. Yeah,
0: I'd like to be twinned with Speed Limit. <laughs> okay, so give me another one. Because um, just, I just want to see how that process works. So I've just got to keep firing questions at you.
1: You have got to keep firing questions. Yeah. Yes. So do you want uh, a tough one or an easy one? Well, uh, yeah, let's have a tough one. A uh, tough one. Um, a man took off his shirt to go to bed. And because of that, hundreds of people lost their jobs.
0: Oh, OK. And it's a true story. A man took off his shirt to go to bed, and because of like, that, loads of people lost their jobs. Did he work for the firm? No. Was he advertising the product? No. Uh, uh, loads of people lost his job because a man took his shirt off to go to bed.
1: Exactly right. That's what happened.
0: Yeah. Okay, so I'm meant to ask you questions, not to kn- solve it. So the correct. So you have to ask a lot of questions. Why did he take his shirt off?
1: Well, I can't answer that. Can we say yes or no? <laughs> oh, you
0: Can only say yes or no? Right, okay. Uh, did he take his shirt off because it was too hot? No. Did he take his shirt off because... Um, it was So the dog's given me a bit of help. Jimmy, do you know the answer? No. Well, keep quiet then. Um, did he take his shirt off because there was something wrong with the shirt No. And the people don't work for the shirt manufacturer?
1: No. Er... Uh,
0: did they lose their job straight away? No. Did, uh, months later. Months later. Was it to do with some kind of um, a scandal? No. So there was no... Um, was it to do with media reporting the fact they take taking shit off and people realised that...
1: No. You know?
0: Was he a famous man? Yes. Right. Was he royalty? No. A celebrity? Celebrity. A movie star? Yes. Uh. Was it um, in the days of censorship of films? No. No. Okay. So a movie star took his shirt off. And was that against the law in some country? No. It wasn't some country's restrictive laws? No. Uh, is is it an actual person? This actually, yes. ha- actually happened? So it might be Tom Cruise or someone like that?
1: It was Clark Gable.
0: I'll give you a clip. Oh, right. Clark Gable took his shirt off and loads of people lost their jobs. Yes. Because Clark Gable took his exactly shirt off. Exactly right. Now, why would that be so? Why would Clark Gable... Why would... Um, I hope you're all playing along at home. Um you're probably all shouting the answer up, it's not obvious to me. So Clark Gable takes his shirt off, loads of people lose their jobs because uh
1: maybe they were his fitness trainers and he wasn't as fit No, you're being too specific now. You've got to go back, you've got to ask more basic questions. Right, okay. Was this towards the end of his career? Doesn't matter. Uh okay. Did did it
0: did him taking his shirt off show up some flaw in him that we didn't know about? No.
1: Uh, Find out what kind of jobs the people were doing.
0: Yeah, what job? I can't ask you. No. Were they Were they working in the movie industry? No. Were they working in the clothing manufacturing? Yes. Was... Oh, okay. Was it the way he took his shirt off? No. No. Was it uh, Was there an invention involved, like the first ever zip? No. No. Um, so they worked in the clothing industry, and they lost his job because he took his shirt off. Exactly they uh, were, were they're, they're in the clothing industry, but were they involved in making his shirt, or were they involved in making something else that was revealed under the shirt, like vests? Yeah, they were. They, did, they, did they make the shirt as well? No, they didn't make shirts. They just made the vest? Yes. Oh, OK. Uh, so why did they lose their jobs? Because the vests weren't up to the required standard. No. Uh, because the vest was the wrong colour? No. Because the vest had a slogan on it. No! But, um. So, there's something wrong with the vests. No. Oh, there's nothing wrong with the vests. No, they made perfectly good vests. Uh, so, when he took his shirt off revealing these vests, it affected the sales of vests.
1: You're making a big assumption there, which is wrong.
0: Oh. So, they made the vest. Correct. Which was then revealed when Clark took his shirt. No. Ah, it wasn't revealed. Correct. Because Ah, because he was sponsored to wear their vest, and when he took his shirt off, he hadn't got one on. Close, but very close right okay so it it's something to do with when famous people are sponsored to wear no not nothing to oh, do with sponsorship
1: so sure. okay but you're so close i'll tell you but no
0: no no okay it's because because he didn't wear a vest people thought oh well if Clark doesn't wear a vest I don't exactly right women thought that was attractive they didn't want the husband to wear a vest and and loads of people stopped wearing vests and and the bottom fell out of the market correct
1: so back of the neck oh absolutely (laughs) well done so in a film he took off his shirt to go to bed and people were amazed to see that he was not wearing a singlet a vest Uh, because at that time all men wore vests yeah vests went out of fashion yeah Hundreds of people in vest factories lost their jobs. They yeah. subsequently lobbied Clark Gable to, to wear a vest and he wore one in another film. Yeah. But by then the damage had been done.
0: Yeah. So whether that been an investment? <laughs> <laughs> OK, so that's a lot of fun. So you would then go into companies uh, and do a little bit of that and then you would do this brainstorming thing to try and... Well, I do
1: other techniques for creative problem solving, okay. idea generation and idea evaluation. Mm. But um, my argument is that everyone can improve their approach to problems in all walks of life by applying a little bit of lateral thinking, by coming at problems from a different direction. Because we get into a groove and we assume that a speed limit is a speed limit. And we assume that shops are the way your shops have always Mm. been. And we assume all sorts of things. And lateral thinking is about challenging assumptions in all walks of life. It's about asking questions, a lot of questions. And it's about coming at problems from different directions. And that's what the puzzles do. They help you challenge assumptions. Ask basic questions and come up problems from new directions. OK.
0: Do lots of people do this sort of thing?
1: Yes, but not enough. Right. Lots of people are also in a groom- groove where they do the same thing every day yeah. and they think about things in a very routine, linear fashion. Mm. And they never ask the question, what would happen if we did the opposite? Mm.
0: So can you give me an example of when you've been to a firm and they've changed their way of thinking and they do something differently, You know, like you said about the first ever supermarket?
1: Yeah, I've got, lo- I've got a lot. They tend to be quite mundane things, but I'd rather give an example from history uh, or from, from, from uh, business. Um, yeah, that's good. Yeah, if yours are too boring. Yeah, mine are too prosaic. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, until 1952, there was only one TV station in the UK. It was called the BBC. You yeah. may know of it i spent many happy years yes. working for them. And then in 1952, the government announced they were going to auction licences for commercial television yeah. stations by region. Mm. Um, and uh, a lot of companies thought this was a great opportunity, a licence to print money. We can sell advertising on TV for the first time. So they put teams of analysts uh, looking at the various regions to see which had the best demographics, the wealthiest people who would mm. generate the most advertising revenue. There was a small chain of cinemas in the south of England called Granada Cinemas run by a legendary Jewish businessman, Sidney Bernstein, whose parents had fled Mm. persecution in Eastern Europe in the early part of the century. And he said to his team, I want to bid for a franchise. I want to bid for one of these regions, he said. But everyone else will be looking for the richest region. I don't want you to find the richest region. I want you to find the wettest region in the UK. And his team went away and they came back and they said the wettest region in the UK, the area with the highest uh, level of precipitation per head of population is the northwest of England. So he said, right, we'll bid for that. That's where you're from, isn't it? Yes, it is. (laughs) And uh, they got it fairly cheaply. They got uh, Liverpool and Manchester and Burnley and Bolton and Blackburn and all those places. Hmm. Um, You didn't mention Blackpool? I didn't. No, no, they were also in the Granada area. And he'd realise there's no point in getting Chelsea and Westminster if everyone's gone out walking their dog in the park or or they've Mm. gone to the restaurant. You want somewhere where it's pouring down outside, people stay in and watch TV. But the point of the story is this. When everyone else is looking one way for the richest, the lateral thinker deliberately looks in a completely different direction, the wettest. And by the way, of all the companies that won a franchise in 1953, there's only one that survived to this day and that's Granada
0: Grenada, because the others have all changed hands yeah,
1: all been sold and bought and they've done some very very creative things along the way not just Coronation Street, World in Action all sorts of things mm. um, but it's an example of lateral thinking in business and it's about coming at the problem from a different direction if everyone's doing it this way we'll do it a different way and, and what Edward de Bono says is he says you can't look in a new direction by staring harder in the same direction if I'm looking at you face to face I can't see what's happening to the side or behind me I've got to turn to look in those directions and lateral thinking involves turning deliberately to come at the problem from a different direction.
0: Just one thing still puzzling me, why did he want the wettest region? Did he? Because the,
1: more rain means more people stay in and watch TV.
0: Oh right, see. I thought you were going to say that he, he made umbrellas. No, no, no.
1: <laughs> no, he wanted places where it rained because yeah. then people would watch TV more. Of course, why didn't I get that?
0: <laughs> I, I was going so literal on it, wasn't I? I wasn't being lateral enough. <laughs> Yeah, I thought that he was, he was then going to advertise umbrellas. In no, no. In
1: remember. think I
0: think of them. See, I never knew that, because Granada, to me, just means the northwest. Yes. And so when you say it's a man from the south,
1: that's a big surprise. And that's right. They were based in the south of England. Small yeah. chain of us. Uh,
0: but you obviously grew up in, you support Blackpool, don't you? I Blackpool, do, also? for my sins, Are you yes. from Blackpool? I am. Yes. I was born in Scotland, but brought up in Blackpool, yes. Yeah. So you've grown up with Granada. Yes. Mm. Um, can we just talk a bit about your journey as a speaker and how, yes. you, how you became speak. How many? First of all, how many of these lateral thinking type books and innovation books have you read?
1: I've written 25 lateral thinking puzzle books wow. and uh, five um, more serious uh, innovation books. Yeah, so the, your first lateral thinking book was how? Lateral thinking puzzle was in 1990.
0: Right, okay. And so before that, did you have a proper job?
1: Yeah, I worked for IBM for 11 years. I was in computing. I was a marketing director and managing director at Ashton Tate. I was VP International for MathSoft, a big US software company. I was CEO Mm. of Monactive, a software startup. So I've got a a background in uh, high-tech, in marketing, in sales and in general management.
0: But did you always like these sorts
1: of puzzles? I always liked these sorts of puzzles. I always had great fun with them and found Mm. them intriguing and and great fun to play. Um, And I was intrigued by the notion of of how you use those same principles in business Mm. and how you can uh, uh, apply that and learn those techniques. And can people learn to be lateral thinkers? I'm convinced they can. And I'm convinced most people in business and in any other walk of life would be more effective if they used more lateral thinking. Mm.
0: And the thing I'm always interested in when I speak to speakers, because I meet so many great speakers but they can't really make a business out of it. They've just got an interesting story. How, when did you realise that you could actually make a business out of this and pack Well, in? I
1: started doing it while I was still working, and, and there was demand, and I was taking days off work in order to go and give talks and things. Oh, right, okay. uh, and so um, about ten years ago, I decided to, to launch into this full-time, and uh, my focus now is on writing. I, I mm. write and blog a lot, I tweet a lot, and I run workshops, and I speak. And I go around the world speaking, and I've been mm. to all sorts of marvellous places, um, and uh, worked for very very um, prestigious companies and small companies as well large and small uh, and had a lot of fun doing it
0: hmm. I remember chatting to you a few months ago and you'd, you'd got two engagements that were very close together yes. in very different parts of the world and that's you, right and you were telling me about this problem and I, I just wanted to punch you Really, cause <laughs> I'd, I'd love to be in both those countries well that's right but uh, then you can go weeks of course without uh, yeah. a job as you know I, yes I'm, I'm much better at that aspect of it um, <laughs> But how, how does it go down differently in different countries of the world then?
1: Well um, most people get the concept of lateral thinking and lateral thinking for innovation and they yeah. buy it but it does go down very differently in different parts of the world. I ran a workshop in Taiwan and uh, we looked at what's stopping innovation and creativity in this big great company mm. and the big problem they had was deference. The people there were very deferential to authority so they would never challenge the boss mm. or the top manager. Um, if he gave them a, a, an idea, they would accept it and run with it, even though they were very bright, very hardworking, very intelligent. They wouldn't challenge. They wouldn't go back and say, mm. well, boss, we think this isn't a very good idea. And in fact, uh, and that constrains innovation and lateral thinking. And, and in fact, one of the great things we've got in the West, in Britain and America is Bolshe people. Mm. Because Bolshe people, what you want in your business, I say, are loyal rebels. You want people who believe in the business and what it's trying to achieve, but are a little bit rebellious and prepared to tell you, I think this is wrong. I think it's a smarter way to do this. And you need to hear that if you're the leader.
0: Do you ever go into companies and then um, a few months later hear from the people that they're a bit annoyed with you because everyone suddenly started rebelling? <laughs>
1: yeah, to some extent, it can lead to frustration, yes, yeah. because what they, I go in, I lead a workshop, and people start to generate all sorts of great ideas. But if the company won't accept them, if, if senior management, if the leaders won't accept and resource the best ideas and try them, then people become frustrated. So who's your dream client or you know
0: type of Company or type of problem they've got, what would be when they ring up, you think, Yeah, this is right up my
1: street? Well, typically, the, the, uh, com- the organizations I work with are not dyed in the wall, stayed, conservative uh, companies. They're companies that are already trying to do some innovation, but they're not really doing getting it as much as they'd like. They're frustrated because things aren't happening as fast as they'd like. So I go in to take somebody who's playing in the championship and take them into the lower reaches of the premiership, typically. I have worked with Nike and Ben Keys from people who are real stars of innovation. Mm. But most of the companies I work with, I would say, are in the second division trying to move up to the top division.
0: Right, so yeah, in, in football terms you're like a, a Neil Warnock or a Tony <laughs> Poulis but you're not really a Jose Mourinho
1: or an <laughs> Wow. Well, well, maybe, but uh, I'd, I'd love to be running uh, Google or, or Apple's uh, innovation efforts but no, I'm not there. Okay, we're coming up to the end.
0: Uh, So can you just end on a
1: puzzle? Give me an easy one to finish on so that I don't look like a fool. Well, the most famous uh, lateral thinking puzzle of all time is about the man who lives on the 15th floor of the block of flats. And every day he takes the elevator down to the the ground floor and he goes to work. And when he comes back in the evening, he takes the elevator up to the 12th floor and then he walks three flights of stairs up to the 15th floor. He doesn't like the exercise. He hates doing it. Why does he do it?
0: Yeah, no, I know this one. You know this one? I know this one. Well, because I'm quite short myself. <laughs> he can't, he's not tall enough to reach. <laughs> is the answer.
1: Yeah. Uh, and of course, it's very obvious once you <laughs> see it. But for many people, it's a tough puzzle. And it's a very well known and celebrated puzzle, uh, The Man in the Elevator.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, that is a good one. Uh, give me another one that I haven't heard then, just to. Just oh, dear me. me. How
1: many do you want? Well, you, you've written 15. she <laughs> said. Come on, just give me. So, um, uh, give me an easy one man. that I haven't heard. Mm. A man died, and his wife changed a large part of her wardrobe. She got rid of it. Why? His widow.
0: Right, his widow. Now, when you say wardrobe, do you mean the wooden wardrobe? No, 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 I mean the clothes. The clothes that are in it. You're only allowed to say yes or no. Um, <laughs> right, so she changed her clothes. So the man died, and then she changed her clothes or his clothes? Her clothes. Her clothes. Uh, was it something that he wouldn't allow her to dress? No. no. Uh did she wear black because he died? No.
1: It's not to do with
0: colour. So it's not to do with colour and it's nothing to do with his disapproval and now she no not uh, Did she change her job? So she didn't no. wear clothing for a job? No. This is the right sort of approach. So yes. I just keep asking these That's
1: questions. That's right. And you eliminate whole lines of inquiries so that you narrow down to something right. promising.
0: Is it anything to do with her having an affair or no. a new man? No. Um, anything to do with a job? No. Uh could she have dressed this other way when the man was alive? If yes. she, wanted? she could have done, but she chose not to. That's
1: the wrong assumption.
0: Right. She could have done. And she did. And but she did. She changed a large part of wardrobe because she always changed no. clothes because she was like my no. wife. She just bought new clothes all the time. <laughs> no. And whether he died or not, she'd change no. it and put it on the credit card. <laughs> That's a
1: good answer, but it's not the one I'm looking for. Anyway. Somehow
0: I'd have to help to pay for it. It's not that. No, but at least I feel like I've got that off my chest. Um, <laughs> right. So she didn't,
1: and did she do it suddenly? He died and literally she... Within the next month, yes. Uh, she wh- got rid of, rid of a whole bunch of clothes and replaced them with all the Things
0: clothes. that she could only wear when he was there, because they were a double act, a circus double act. No. <laughs> and no, but were, were the things she got rid of, things that she would wear when she was with him, uh, I don't know, something to do with something they did together? No. Mm, maybe very loosely, but not the way you're thinking. Oh. See, it's brilliant. This I like this, yes. but I'm conscious that the, the time is nearly up, and I need to come to a conclusion. That's all right. We'll just do it. Alone. And it's
1: important that people get frustrated. It's important that they run into a roadblock in this process because that forces them to think differently. If yes. it's too easy, if you get it straight yes, away, it hasn't worked. No, exactly. Um, so
0: she could have dressed like this when he was alive, but she chose not
1: to no 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 wrong 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 no she dressed a certain way when he was alive with certain clothing yeah and after he died she did no no longer dress that way was it because her role in society no. had changed no it was was it just a personal choice
0: there was no pressure on her from anywhere
1: there was a rational reason why she did it it was a rational reason
0: uh was it for her protection her safety no. or something? Uh, Was it just ordinary fashion clothing? It's not... or was it clothing that was... Suit?
1: It's dresses and blouses and some skirts.
0: <laughs> some skirts. Dresses, blouses and skirts. Uh, nothing to do with colour, nothing to do with
1: the style? Correct. Nothing um, to do with colour. Right. I wouldn't say to style, no. Okay. Uh,
0: and was it to do with the materials they were made of? No. No. And was it to do with her own safety? no and was it to do with uh, her career no and was it to do with what other people would think of her no so it was was it some kind of self-development no did she
1: have any kind of illness yes (gasps) not sure I'd say illness but There
0: weren't Siamese twins, were there? No. No, okay. There
1: are puzzles that involve Siamese twins, by the
0: way. Right, okay. But, <laughs> but usually, this isn't one of them. No, because you usually wouldn't marry a Siamese twin, <laughs> would you? Um, <laughs> you never know what's going to happen. I've been watching Game of Thrones. Um, she had a disability. She had a, Ah, right, she had a disability. And, and so when he was alive, he could help her with the disability. Maybe pushed her in a wheelchair or something, or carried her, or helped support her. No, she was blind. No, he was blind. No, is anyone blind? No, no, just the dog. (laughs) Right. So it's not blindness. It's not. um, Let's. We need to find what the disability was. Was it physical disability? Yes. Uh, Arms or or legs? Arms, hands. Yes. Hands. She didn't have any hands. She had hands. She had hands, but they weren't very good at buttoning things up. And he used to button her up or zip her up. Very, very close. Close enough.
1: And so then she had to get everything with Velcro. Almost. uh, Anything that was the back. She had arthritis in her hands and arms. And she couldn't fasten anything at the back. Anything that involved buttons or zips at the back, she couldn't do. And so her husband would zip up her dress, as you do for your wife and I do for my wife, I'm sure. Um, Once her husband died, she no longer had that assistance. So she changed her wardrobe to all front fastening
0: items. Fantastic. I never would have got that. You did get it. Well, yeah, yes, but uh, I think he gave me a bit of help. <laughs> I um, brilliant. Paul, uh, I'm so delighted that you've uh, given up your dull job in, and become in IT and moved into this exciting world. I'm not saying IT's dull. A lot of my <laughs> best customers are IT, I've just remembered, so uh, forget that bit. <laughs> But I'm glad that you've helped (laughs) the world uh, with these books. And is this your latest one? That's uh,
1: one of the latest, yes, Hall of Fame lateral thinking puzzles available from Amazon and all good bookstores.
0: Yeah, and Albatross Soups and dozens of other classics. We haven't got time to find out what Albatross Soup is. Albatross Soup is a great one. Is it? But that's in there. We'll we'll do that another day. It's by Paul Sloan and Tess McHale. Paul, thanks for joining us.
1: My pleasure, Jeremy.